0: Welcome to Beer, Beats, and Business, the business podcast for smart people who appreciate the insights found in a good conversation. That guy sitting at the end of the proverbial bar is your host, David J.P. Fisher, but everyone around here just calls him D. Fish. He's an author, speaker, and business coach. Basically, he's a professional talker. So grab a glass of your favorite beverage, grab a seat, and join us for today's episode. Let's see where the conversation takes us.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back to another interesting conversation with an interesting person. Today, I am being joined by a good friend, an interesting person for sure, Nina Fareep. Nina has seen it all from the early 90s in independent features to big national TV commercials, corporate mega shows, and Emmy award-winning documentary films, including one she produced and directed called Abraham's Children. Today, she's super excited to enable business coaches to grow their businesses with consistent and easy to implement video content. Nina, how are you?
2: I'm awesome. Thank you.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to have you here and and so excited for technology because we're on different continents. And which is which is so fun. <laughs> and uh, of course, I, before we kick off, I want to say thank you to our sponsors. First of all, our brewery sponsor today, 1090. We've been drinking a lot of their great beers here lately. Uh, today I am drinking the half wit Belgian style ale brewed with orange peel and coriander. It just makes me feel kind of fancy uh, when I drink it, but a nice light it's almost like a summertime brew, but uh, really enjoying that. So thank you to everybody over at 1090. Cheers. Appreciate it. And then I also, of course, want to mention Northcut SEO. So, I mean, if you think about it right now in this digital forward world, I mean, if you're only online, you got to make sure people can can come and find you. They're not going to be driving down the road and see your storefront. So, of course, you have to make sure... That you are findable, that you have good search engine optimization. And Northcut.com, run by my good friend Corey Northcut and B3 Guest, uh, is really suited to be just your kind of one stop SEO shop. They do national SEO, international SEO. These, these guys are the experts. I know they're the experts because sometimes I have Corey tell me things about SEO. And I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and, he goes, and I'm not that dumb, but it's, he's just that smart. So definitely for all of your SEO needs, go check out Northcut.com. And that's two T's in Northcut. All right. Business over, let's talk. Uh, let's talk conversation. Nina, here's my question for you to start us off. What do you you're really just working with a ton of professionals in helping them use social uh, excuse me video uh to build their businesses what have you found and I'm really curious about this because this many people were just thrown into this what are you what are you finding is the the hang-up that is keeping people from really sharing their message on video whether that's through social media YouTube all those different
2: platforms mm-hmm. what, what's the biggest hang-up I mean there's so many Because video is quite complex There's many steps to it mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it's sort of flavor of the month kind of question because, you know, in December I would have given you probably a different answer than I'm giving you today okay. or I will give you tomorrow. Um, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think for sort of the the newbie person, it's just sort of that that wall of overwhelm. You know, it's like, oh my God, so many moving parts and and you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this and you have to do that. And then, you know, it's just like they don't even start because it's just too much to tackle. So I think that is sort of mm-hmm. you know one group of people. Um, then there's a group of people who just really do not want to see or hear. Actually, voice is a, sometimes a bigger detractor than um, um, visual. They just don't want to hear and oh, see sure. themselves on video, right? And they might have imposter syndrome. They might have an issue with perfectionism. Um, you know, the list is long. Um, okay. and, and, then, and then there are the technophobes. Um, and once you've moved all those obstacles out of the way, um, then there are a lot of people, and this is, was a huge surprise to me, they're hoarders. They hoard their digital assets. And they have really? videos that are done and they're perfect. I mean, perfect as in parentheses, perfect. And they just won't put them out in the world. Um, And and it goes back to perfectionism, imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and everything else. But um, So it's a question that can be answered in so many different ways. But I think for the beginner, it's overwhelm. And for the more advanced video maker, um, it's probably just not having systems in place to be consistent.
1: Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that that almost makes me realize something you said there where... There's so many different steps to video. Uh, I think a lot of times people don't realize there are that many steps.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: and and why I think this becomes a problem is that they think, oh, I'm just gonna turn on the camera and uh, you know record a video and it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna look good. it's gonna be lit well. the the, the script's gonna be fantastic. And kind of the reason why they think that is because they're used to going, you know, let's just say to YouTube or, you know, even in the pandemic you had, for example, in the States, the the big late night hosts were kind of doing it from, you know, their house or an empty studio. And, and it seems very accessible, but what somebody who doesn't know the behind the scenes doesn't get is that there is so much work that goes into it that mm-hmm. even, even your favorite influencer, they, they maybe have, maybe it looks like they just shot that video kind of, at the Absolutely. You know, spontaneously, yeah. and it just, just happened to work out, and it was just off the cuff. And I'm like, dude, no, they spent <laughs> hours scripting that, uh, making it seem like it was spontaneous, and that's take number 87, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched um, when I discovered uh, Casey Neistad, uh about, I don't know, two years ago or something, and he shot this mm-hmm. video. It's one of his best performing videos ever where he's flying first class pathetic well, so okay. I don't know what airline and he's like and, and he's a
1: big youtuber he's a big youtuber for, big YouTuber for those yeah. of
2: you who don't know okay I mean he's huge he's one of the biggest um sort of right after Gary V who's another you know social media mm-hmm. maven and I'm watching this thing as a filmmaker and my thought was holy crap are we allowed to curse on this thing uh, you so can much. you crap can, you fine, can right? it out all right, I'll stay with crap. Holy crap, um, why didn't he not just enjoy his first class you know, journey? Right. I could tell that it must have taken him like five hours to shoot the damn thing. Now, yep. it is his best ever performing, I think, video. So we're talking millions of viewers. So probably worth it for him. But still, it was just like... He made it look casual, but I'm like, he must have had at least three cameras going and, 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 yep. and, and, or, you know, when Gary V started with lives and it's like, it's so casual. You just show up and you start talking and I'm looking in the reflection of the, of the glass wall in his office behind him. I'm counting, seven, I'm counting seven people standing there. I'm like, it, and I'm like oh, yeah, super casual Gary. Right.
1: right. <laughs> it, it actually goes back to documentary, strangely enough, for me. You talked about having a filmmaker's perspective. I would just always think if you were just watching a documentary, the news or something, you'd see this crazy shot of whether it's a tornado or a hurricane or like a war uh clip, you know, where something horrible's happening. And you're like, wow, there was somebody there filming that. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and that was the first time where I was like, wait, there there is some art of artifice it has a negative connotation, but my point is like it's a crafted experience what yeah. you're seeing on the yeah. screen. And definitely these days, all, you know, you Casey uh, is a great example, Gary V. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers is actually, well, there are two of them. It's the Vlog Brothers. I don't know if you know. Um,
2: no, I actually don't.
1: Oh, they're fantastic. Um, the Green, uh, uh, why am I not? I'm blanking on first names.
2: Uh, oh, the Green Brothers. Yeah.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen them. Yes, you're right. And, and they, they, for... And I kind of dip in and out of their their stuff. They, they've been doing it for 10 years, making a video back and forth to each other. And they de- definitely kind of go more for a younger audience. Yeah. But one of the things I've, I've always really appreciated about them is that they've always been super upfront with how they craft these videos. I mean, these they have millions of subscribers and they've done videos where they're literally like, hey, let me move the camera. So you can see the other corner where I've just piled up all <laughs> oh of my, my
2: stuff. <laughs>
1: you know, so, so it looks like I've got this really clean, amazing set slash office. Yeah. The, there was one where one of them actually like, and it was a very long video, but he he walked through, here's how I script it. Here's how many, t- you will see all of the shots, like me recording them over and over and then putting them together. So yes, it's a four minute video that takes half a day to make.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and that was just such a refreshing amount of honesty.
2: Yeah, no, I mean it's it's amazing to see. I mean, even with some of these really what I call tissue videos, which are you know one use only tissue videos I put on social media, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are take one or two or three. But um, just the other day, I had one. I was like on take. I stopped counting. I must have been on take thirty, <laughs> and I just couldn't get the damn thing out. I, and it was it wasn't even a long one, but there was always something that was. And I normally really, really try to let go of perfect. Yeah, but it was just such that I didn't get the message across the way I needed to get across, and you know. And then there was cars honking and just life happening around <laughs> right, me, right. and uh, yeah. And there were days like that, and at at one point I was like, you know what, eff um, it, I'm not doing it today. And I did it the next day, and I did it on take three. But you know, I I learned that
1: one, both actually in video and in in some ways it really helped coming from the music world, um, learning when you're pushing too hard, just be like, you know what? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Now I'm in my head. Mm-hmm. Let's just come back to this. You know, yep, when we were yep. recording albums, sometimes, sometimes you'd get a song the first time through and you were almost like, Holy crap, that, that was easy. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do it again. Just to make sure, you know, yeah, but yeah, you always think that for first safety.
2: take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. But then there was but then there was definitely the times where you're like well we've been working on this this bridge for for 30 takes let's go work on something else
2: yeah yeah i think what 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 the add-on is with video though especially for us ladies like um you know when i when i tried that video you know, hair was looking a certain way. My background was a certain way. My, my, my um, you know, my makeup doesn't always look exactly the same because it's just not my thing. I just kind of tried to survive that part. And so I'm what? like, I, 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 it was a series, right? I want to get the series in, and that's that's when you get super attached to it. And then the next thing, yeah, that's never good when you get attached to things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, and then you start, then you start getting all clenched, right? Then yep. it just gets tight, and it just, it's just hard.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: well, well, so, so think about that in terms of the clients you work with, because I know a, a big part of what you do is actually helping kind of people through that hump, right? Yeah. It's how to get past that overwhelm. You know, what are some of the things that that you suggest somebody who's like, "Hey, I want to get into using video."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: what I mean, and I think it's for business, for even personal stuff, even just to share you know ideas on social or whatever. Mm-hmm. like what are some of the ways that people can get comfortable with making? video and putting their ideas out there through that, that medium.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, it, it sounds stupid, but by doing, right? So mm-hmm. um, w- w- sometimes I have people who come to me and want to join one of my courses and they're not quite there yet in terms of their experience with video. So I just tell them and just shoot videos. You, you can shoot them on Zoom if that's your easiest setup. Yep. Um we're on Zoom all day nowadays anyway, right? Um you can shoot them with your with your smartphone. The smartphones are phenomenal quality. Mm-hmm. And and just get started. See see what other people do that you like and trust and whose brand you think is a great, you know, brand or a brand in your field, something you want to emulate. Um and then, you know, sometimes it, it, you know, and, and certainly you do not want to spend a lot of money on equipment. I normally let my clients, the only thing I let them spend money on is a little like a desk tripod to get the camera to eye height. Because uh, you want to make sure that your you and your camera are seeing eye to eye, literally and figuratively. Um, so a tripod. And then mostly your daylight is most likely going to be fine. Uh, your microphone, your built-in microphone is fine. Um, so you really don't need to go and spend a lot of money on equipment. Just break out your phone and start recording, and see how it feels, see what it sounds like, and um, and then there's you know there's some quick tips on how to frame yourself properly. Uh, make sure you need, leave leave enough space below your chin. A that's how you ought to be framed from an aesthetic point of view. But you also want to leave extra space for closed captioning nowadays. Because um, you know, eighty percent of all videos are being watched on mobile, and another eighty percent of those without sound. So you want to make sure you have closed captioning, um, and um, and then just just go and and shoot some video and 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 keep it short. One video, one point.
1: I love what you just said there. Uh, for those listeners who were with us at the end of last season, my good friend Rob Hazen was on, who was talking about recording, and we talked about how I've been doing video for a decade you know since i started rockstar 15 years ago before i was really getting good at it so i love what you were saying there like repetition just get on a screen and do it is kind absolutely. of best, absolutely
2: absolutely right? i actually listened to that um to that episode of the two of you and i, I- I, I, I kept nodding nice. the entire time, but for one point, and actually it was on the point of equipment where he said to get a good microphone. And I must tell you, the, the smartphones of today, the microphones they have built in are better than anything. You will buy under $200 on Amazon. So unless you have a pressing mm. reason that you are, either in a very noisy place, which I recommend you never do, or you are um, <laughs> right, you know, far right. away from your phone or the recording device, which I recommend you never do, um, there is no reason right. for a microphone.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to split the difference between you two because I, I do think that the technology has gotten way better. Um, but like, for example, I remember when I first got, I think I've got a, I should know this, mm-hmm. a, a, a Pixel 3. So I, I'm a, an Android guy. When it first came out, it wasn't that the microphone was bad. It was just that most of the software that was running the microphone, mm-hmm. you got really tinny sound. And and I do th- and I would say that for, it really depends on the person. Like, hey, if if you're coaching them, they're going to do it right, which is great. But I just I still see so many people who do the phone, but they're in such an echoey room that. It's just, but, it's just hard to understand them. So, no, and I, think, I, get really I agree picky with you. Audio
2: that. is super important, more important than video to, to a degree. I think people will forgive you bad video, but never bad audio. Yeah. But, um, you know, especially since also a lot of people are, right. are listening to your videos rather than watching them. Um, but you know, the tinny sound is <laughs> right. going to happen, whether you have a, a lavalier on your, on your, um, shirt, Color or whether you have your phone, and and if you have a teeny room, uh, mm, you put true. down a couple of blankets, um, and or or just don't do your laundry for a month, and that'll do the trick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember recording my first audio book into a comforter <laughs> that was hung up uh, on the my bookshelf. My first
2: podcast ever, which was about a year and a half ago, uh, we did it on video as well and then just used the audio. And the young young woman who interviewed me was sitting in her closet. And I was like, what? <laughs> that made perfect sense. If-
1: Closets are fantastic. And, and even if we don't come down ex- exactly aligned with microphones, I think... We are definitely in alignment with this idea. Don't exactly. let equipment get in the way yeah. or the need for equipment. Because I, and it's funny when I first started recording video, equipment was kind of an issue. The
2: Phones weren't what they are today. Yeah, yeah,
1: phones. Yeah, phones were crap. These days, I am like, man, mm-hmm. I can do so much with. It. Of mm-hmm. course, now I've, I've right. got good equipment, but but uh, but yeah, for somebody who's just getting started, you're right. They can just pop it. Get the tripod. Yeah, the tripod that's that's important. very important.
2: Yeah. And again, if you don't want to get the tripod, you do it with your laptop. You know, just make sure that you can elevate it such that, it, it, again, the green little light has to be on your eye height. That's that's one of the most important things.
1: For sure. Well, I, I know they can find a lot of even on the material you put out, but even just just going to any blog article that will list like the top five yeah. simplest things to do to have better video. Like that takes your video from like
2: oh, 10% yep. to
1: 80% so fast, right? Frame yourself correctly. Don't have it shooting up yeah, your nostril. Don't have the window like-
2: behind you. Don't, uh, you know, fr- frame yourself such that people can actually like see you. Like, And I mean, it's also advice that we're getting, you know, as the whole nation and the whole world went on Zoom, you know, not too long ago. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and you still see people who are framed that, you know, they have like the, their nose sitting on the bottom of the frame. It drives me bonkers or, or then, yeah. you know, the criminals, I call them who have the window behind them and no light in front of them and you can't see them. So, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that was my setup here in the the home office, just because that's the only way we could set it up. But I also made sure to a lot of lighting.
2: I see it just fine.
1: Well, it's funny when we first went into lockdown, my wife is a, a therapist, and um, so she went into doing mm-hmm. you know telehealth or, or video health, uh, seeing her clients that way. And it was funny because they were all so mm-hmm. impressed with how she looked because I had yeah, all the yeah. good cameras and, and lighting and I was set up for her. And it was like, wow, you're so professional. You're welcome, I was right. like, exactly. all right, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So here I, I want to switch for a second. So um music. This is awesome because I haven't had a conversation about big band swing for a while and I know you're a fan.
2: Yes. So
1: how did you how did you get into it? Are are, are you just a listener? Are you a dancer? Uh, oh, I was
2: a dancer. I was, I mean, I was a big I was the real deal. I was nice. Out- like four or five, at the height of the swing dancing craze in New York City, okay, I would go from work, I mean, it was insane to think, laptop under my arm into a bar, I would either check it or leave it in a corner and just pray, (laughs) and then I would switch my shoes and I was on the dance floor until about 11 p.m. and then I'd go home, take a quick shower, go to bed, rinse, repeat.
1: Oh, that's nice, They, they started early. For you.
2: I started early, so I had a friend, well, I had a friend from LA who got me into swing dancing. Okay. Um, so I started swing dancing before the craze, you know, the craze started once the Gap commercial came out.
1: Right, right. So you're talking, so you're talking that first wave craze, which was like kind of late nineties. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Once yeah.
1: the movie swingers came out and, and
2: mm-hmm. all that
1: stuff. Okay. Yeah,
2: a little. I even started a little before that. And um I was just I loved the music, I loved the energy, I, I loved the dancing. I loved that I had to learn to not back lead. We we talked about this briefly before. So yes. as a as a woman or as I shouldn't even say woman or male, because sometimes you know two women dance together, two guys do. Sure. But the person who leads leads. The other person submits completely. Yep. And, you know, being a headstrong producer. Um, that took a moment to learn, but I had some very good teachers. So um, nice. I, so, uh, so
1: I mean, I started dancing um, at, at the Green Mill Lounge here in Chicago, which is like one of the you know most famous jazz clubs in the country because they had a 13-piece swing band every Thursday night, the Alan Gressick Swing Orchestra. Mm-hmm. I went almost every week for a decade, but it was after the 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 boom. Like I didn't start going until maybe 2003.
2: Well, by then I was out. Yeah, I. I- yeah, I stopped at about two thousand three because then I started marathon running, and then my when I would go oh, dancing, okay. um, my legs were just shot, and um, some of my partners were not too happy when I just couldn't, you know, couldn't keep up with them anymore because I was just like, I just did twenty miles today, I'm done. Yeah. I I could see that. Where, where, yeah. the, where were the big
1: clubs in New York? Was there like any of the like hot spots?
2: Oh, there was Swing Forty Six. There was um, every Sunday night was Irving Plaza. That was my favorite one. I went there for decades. Um, uh, I mean, the Cotton Club. It's not the original Cotton Club, okay. but there was the Cotton Club. There was a little place up in Harlem, not too far away from where I live now, called Lucy's. There was oh god at, at the Rose Ballroom. There'd be big events. Um and then the the place oh, I went to the most regular was this ho- hole in the wall bar. I could walk you to it. It was on Broadway, oh god, just off Houston. And um that's where they had um swing dancing nearly every night. There were a couple of other really nice clubs that I can't think of right now. And I mean, when when the scene was the scene, I mean, we had clubs to choose from several nearly every night oh of the gosh.
1: Wow, yeah. see, I, I'm jealous because, as I said, when I started dancing, the 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 craze was gone. So you could in Chicago, you could probably find a venue every night. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the regulars, and I yeah. I don't know how the regulars did it. I'm like, I can do this once a week, but I got to get up and work. Um, they but it was like every night of the week was like a different place, and that's where they would all go. But but but. We didn't start until
2: nine. So, yeah, I mean, it was perfect. You would work, then I would eat oh. dinner, and then I would go dance for two or three hours. And then, you know, it was like going to the gym. And then, um, and then once I started marathon running, then my, my, then I started getting up really early in the morning to go for runs. Right. And That's when, when the uh, swing dancing took a, a backseat. My favorite story uh, of swing dancing is um, not being an, an English native speaker. Um, I walked around for a while until somebody who was kind enough to tell me, uh, I walked around telling everybody I was a swinger <laughs> and w- we would have conversations like, Oh, so you're a swinger. So where, do, wh- where, where do you swing? I was like, Oh, I go to clubs. And, uh, you know, I don't have a regular partner, uh, cause I like the variety. So I just pick up, you know, some, some guys, I know some regulars and, um, you know, go out nearly every night swinging, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Until, I think it was my roommate took me aside and said, you know, um, I have to tell you something. That's, that's, you might want to add the word dancing. To- <laughs>
1: very, very important. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It
1: must be video people like swing dancing because we mentioned my friend Rob Hazen. That's actually where I met Rob was at the Green Mill Lounge. Uh, uh-huh. He's a, He yeah. was actually the guy who taught me how to how to dance. He also taught me how to lead. So if you had been dancing with me, I would have broken you of that back leading habit very quickly.
2: Oh, oh, believe me. There were enough guys in New York who broke me out of it fast enough. And you know, and there's some friendships that from from those days that are, yeah, that are to this day. I mean, it's just sort of connected and yes, a lot of film, I think there's sort of something about the physical energy of people from the film industry or from the entertainment industry um, that might have translated into being swing dancers. I can buy that. So any,
1: any, uh, any favorite songs or like anything that, uh, any, or any favorite bands from that era? Um,
2: Ron Sunshine is my favorite. I don't know whether you know him. He's a, he's a New York band and I love George G, uh, the yellowping Hounds. Okay. The, so these are all New York bands. So I don't know yeah. whether they, they, and then Big, Woo, Daddy, what oh, were Big
1: they Voodoo Daddy, Oh, Big Bad Daddy were fantastic.
2: Those were, but they were, I mean, if you didn't have your feet under you, um, you were, you were done after half a song. I mean, right. they, were, they, were they were not slow. They were yep. not slow at all. And that was when you knew swing dancing had hit the big time because they had a short stint, um, I think, at the Super Bowl, didn't they?
1: yeah. That's right. Yeah. They did that one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
2: they were fun. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah, mostly the local bands. But I mean, I love Count Basie. I adore mm-hmm. adore his lyrics. love his music. Um, I've always loved. I mean, even when I was a teenager in Switzerland, didn't know what swing or big band was. I was always drawn to the joy and energy, and mis- mischief. Very often right. of the lyrics, you the, know, and the
1: big horns. You got all that that just wall of sound. Oh, it's so much fun! I
2: mean, it just gets me. Even to this day, I mean, I haven't danced. I mean, every once in a blue moon, I went out um, two years ago, and it was the same characters. They just were all, you know, twenty years old.
1: <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't get a chance to go out dancing that much anymore. Well, and obviously in the last year, not at all. But uh, yep. even before then, I still try to dip in now and then. And yeah, you'd yeah. there's a, some some new faces, but still some some old regulars. So it was yep, always yep. very comforting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, hey. We could probably keep keep diving down that rabbit hole, but I think this sounds like a pretty good place for us to wrap things up. Uh, I think we've we've accomplished what we set out to do. Uh, Nina, I always ask my guests, um, what's one piece of advice you'd give somebody to help them have a better day today?
2: You know what I do? I have a group that I do um, every morning uh, when we get up, we do a gratitude WhatsApp. It sounds hokey. Um, I love but it. it. it it sets you, so every day we send each other a WhatsApp, it's a group, it's a group, we're about five people, okay, three things we're thankful for, and it has to be three different things. So we can't always repeat the coffee or the good <laughs> sleep or the sunshine. I love my
1: dog, I love my dog. Yeah, it's so exactly, great I love my dog. dog, I
2: love my dog. Now you can say that five different ways, but then you run out of options. Right. So, it, and it really, what it does is just, it, it, even on a crappy day where I'm like, I want to talk about, you know, being sick, or I want to talk about... What happened? But no, you have to focus on three things you're thankful for, and it just it just starts your day off just a little bit better and with with just more positive vibes um, floating around your head.
1: Perfect, I love it, and I love the I love the the accountability piece here. Like it's well, not no, just you no, writing in a journal. Yeah. You're, yep. you're telling somebody. So you got you got to be grateful whether you like it or not. Uh, that's fantastic. And Nina, if people want to continue the conversation, what's the best place for them to uh, do that? How should they reach out?
2: Uh, I think the most interesting way to do so, and I'm sure you're putting all the links into the show notes, of course. Yep. All um, the links these, going in the show uh, notes. Yeah. The show. But I think the most interesting way to get a hold of me is by indulging me and going to my quiz, consistentvideo.com. And okay. the quiz is a great way for you to find out immediately how, where you stand with your video marketing and where you can up your game. It's a, it's a two to three minute affair, um, and it's a lot of fun. And we put a lot of care into asking you really, really interesting questions that might, um, you know, show you a couple of blind spots, and can show you with the score where you stand.
1: Perfect. All right. And we'll, we will make sure to get that into the show notes. And as always, thank you to our sponsors, Northcut.com, your experts for SEO. Uh, Just go check them out. If you want to make sure you're getting found online, these are guys to talk to Northcut.com, two T's in Northcut. And of course, to our beer sponsor, I've uh, been drinking the half wit Belgian style ale from 1090. My glass is pretty much empty as a often tends to be the case by the end of these conversations. But uh, thank you to 1090. And uh, they're out of Glenview, Illinois. I think they're only distributed here in uh, the Chicago area, maybe Illinois, a little farther out. So if you're listening to us far, far away, you're not going to be able to find it. But you can still go out and support your local breweries, distilleries, vineyards, coffee makers, uh, underwater basket weavers, but support your local people, (laughs) help them be successful and get through the times we're in. And uh, of course, thank you so much for your time. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, be sure to rate, subscribe, tell, tell your friend, tell your family, uh, tell your friends if you have more than one and you're lucky like that. But uh, we will talk to you next time. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks for stopping by. You can find show notes and links in this episode at fearbeatsandbusiness.com. We all know the best way to find out about a new podcast is through our friends. So please help us out and share what we're doing through social media or just tell someone. And if you could do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Stitcher, that would be great. Want to get in on the conversation? Send DeepFish a message on Twitter at DeepFishRockstar. And we'll save a spot for you at the bar for the next Beer, Beats, and Business.